This is episode 47 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. I'm your host, Noah, and joining me is Patrick. Hey, thanks for having me again. Of course. Our Bond series, and now we are immediately moving on to something else, and we are talking about uh, Wonder Woman. According to Martin Scorsese, we're now tackling theme park rides, um, <laughs> and um, we're going to talk a little bit about that too, I think, since this is our first um, um, movie and episode just talking about um, some of the the um, sensation that is sweeping the nation, as some might say, um, which of course I'm referring to superhero movies. Um, before we get that, get to that, Patrick, how have you been, and what have you seen recently? Um, I've been good. I finished the Queen's Gambit, and um, I watched the Animatrix because I bought it uh, a few months ago, but still hadn't gotten around to seeing it. And it was really cool. Uh, some of the stories were better than others, but all the animation was really good. And um, it's probably better uh, than the last two Matrix movies. So if you haven't seen any of the Matrix stuff, I would recommend watching the first Matrix movie and then the Animatrix. Um, you'll have a better time <laughs> than trying to sit through those last <laughs> two Matrix movies. Uh, and that's pretty much it. What have you seen recently? Um, I did, I saw, um, as good as it gets with, um, Jack, but with Jack Nicholson and yeah. one was just kind of, I was doing other things, I had this playing around, playing on the background. Um, this was a, I'm always down for seeing a Jack Nicholson movie and this was one of his I hadn't seen yet. So I just decided to check it out and, um, it's a fun kind of, what it's a type of 90s rom-com with um you know some of those movies tom hanks did like you got mail or sleepless in seattle just kind of that little 90s period where there were a lot of kind of cheesy rom-coms um that very much felt like they were in the 90s but they're they're fun they're decent um they're a fun just that like i said have something playing around in the background um and that's uh, what as good as it gets did for me. Jack Nicholson's really good. He won the Oscar um, for this performance, and I don't know what other performances are up that year, but I feel like that's this, this isn't like the like I I wouldn't say on the surface this is an Oscar worthy performance, but I think you know it's Jack Nicholson, and I think by that time he built up a lot of cred at that point. Uh, it was kind of just kind of coasting on being the legend. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed his performance. Um, Helen Hunt and all the other supporting actors are good as well. So I'd give that one a recommend. It's on Prime Video. It's it though it's it's just a simple, fun little movie. It, it, a few nitpicks, of course. Not like a super memorable movie. Not one I probably will ever go back to. But it's fun for what it is. Um, and then I saw Snowpiercer with Chris Evans uh, by Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon-ho. Um, this was on um, Netflix, and I decided to check it out. Uh, this is why I wanted to see for a little while now, and um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, Chris Evans probably gave my favorite performance out of all the ones he's given, um, really showing that he's more than Captain America. Um, and then, of course, Knives Out's a pretty good example of that as well. Um, the movie looks really good. The direction is, of course, fantastic. The score by Marco Blantry, really good. Um, and um, lot, there are a few things, snippet, uh, there are a lot of 
moments that kind of took me out of the movie um, where it was just things that were very visually interesting, but um, kind of took me out of it because we were really stopping in the midst of a bunch of action, whether it's like physical action or just kind of really fast scenes. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I did really like the movie. It has a lot to say about class, which I'm not really good at reading into like political metaphors and stuff. And this really didn't have anything to, not any like Trump metaphors or anything like that, just more like how class works and things like that, that I think were done really well, which seems to be kind of a running theme. I think in Bong Parasite, I think is a much, a, very much about class, which I have not seen that, but from reading summaries and stuff like that is how it seems. Um, and then I did see the standoff at Sparrow Creek, which is a movie that I put at the end of five movies that I want to see soon. And I finally checked this one off. It's on Hulu. And um, it was it was OK. Um, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't amazing. It, it probably wasn't the like if I knew the quality quality of the movie, I wouldn't have put it in my five movies I want to see soon. But there's this kind of a um, type like a, a who done it, but like with like po- like really gruff like police officers, very serious, very dark movie, um, very literal as well. It is it looks dark. There's not a scene or shot of daylight in the whole movie. It's very dark. Mm-hmm. Takes place over the course of one night. Um, this is a um, the first film I believe for a director who I do not know his name and I don't have it in front of me, um, but shows a lot of talent for sure. Um, many, many sequences in the movie I found to be very impressive looking for me. It's kind of the writing that didn't really grip me. Um, and I had a hard, I had a hard time staying focused on what was all going on in front of me. I just kind of lost interest at times and uh, the, the performances are pretty solid. But really, I think the script is kind of its its um, loose link in the chain of what's mostly pretty positive. But I think the direction was what impressed me the most. So I think that this guy's going to go on to do many. Um, I think he's going to go on to do great things. But I think this is still kind of like kind of the following for what was for what the following was to Christopher Christopher Nolan. This might end up being his following. I'm not saying this guy is going to be a big of a deal as Christopher Nolan, but it's like a really short movie, very similar to the following. Um, so it kind of had that type of feeling. But anyway, wanted to yeah. give that one. A, wanted to give that one a mention, and um, that's all. That's all I've seen. So sweet. Now we're here to talk about Wonder Woman. Finished wrapping up. James Bond, and now we're kind of moving on to another action-oriented series. Um, well, not really a, a full-fledged series, but we're going to talk about uh, some of the DCEU um, superhero movies in general, the current ones going on. And then um, we'll also talk a little bit about um, uh, Wonder Woman itself, <laughs> of course, if that's what the Palace <laughs> episode is all about. So anyway, um, I'm going to start out with um, superhero movies in general. Um, they are certainly uh, the biggest thing happening, I think, in all of uh, movies right now. And you could even say in pop culture, it's definitely um, everywhere you look, there's some sort of sign of DMC, whether you're at Target or even in Walgreens, you know, you, there's some sort of Marvel 
lunchbox in there or something, and they're all over the place. And really, some of the movies have been heavily criticized, not a whole lot by me. Uh, and mainly, it's the MCU that is a lot under the most scrutiny, but it's really the impact that that um, cinematic universe has had and how we've seen so many um, people try their, many studios try their shot at it with the extended universe. And then we have the monsterverse thing. And then we have that uh, Godzilla versus uh, King Kong type of world. But yeah. Patrick, I wanted to get your take on this. Do you think that this is the, the MCU and the DCU and all these extended, are we heading to a good direction with movies? Kind of something that is kind of ruining the brand of movies. Um, I think it's basically just a healthy diversification for movies because there there was a period where movies seemed to be dying because people weren't going to the theater and these are the movies that are drawing the crowds now and when the production companies get the money from these movies there's more than enough to go around and I think because of these movies movies that um, film critics you know uh, dedicated film fans and that ilk will really enjoy will get funded because of um, the movies that that same group might criticize or even detest in Scorsese's case yeah yeah for me uh, I'm glad that people are um, going to the theaters to see these movies I think it's a it's a pretty cool thing that, you know, a case with Avengers Endgame that that movie's made over, over I think two billion dollars, and that's a pretty big deal, um, and is the highest case movie of all time, and that's a superior movie. It's a comic book film, which on the surface, and at the time, sounded kind of ludicrous that that would be the number one movie uh, as far as box office numbers, and um, I think that that's a pretty pretty interesting thing to take in mind um and um as far as what i think of how they're impacting movies um i think that it's unfortunate that movies like tenet come out and bomb but it's a possible chance that one Woman 1984 is the hope for theaters that's kind of unfortunate that people aren't willing to go see those types of movies and um i think that is an unfortunate thing that these are the only movies that people are really going to go see except for you know the small minority and that is a um we still have those movies coming out i mean it's not like we're not getting a scorsese movie or a tarantino movie or anything like that so that it's just that these certain movies are making more than others and why unfortunate that blockbusters and action movies that type of thing are kind of getting more noticed than uh, Tarantino or Scorsese, I still think that um, those movies are fun. I, I I have a fun time watching an MCU movie. I, I hold no grudge against them. Sometimes I do, but most of the time, I mean, with Avengers Endgame, like, I was really excited to see that. I'm invested in the MCU, um, but DCEU, I'm still kind of skeptical, and we'll, we'll talk more about, about that uh, with them, and we'll go down, I think, with a little mini review on each movie that we've seen from that series, but as far as the MCU goes, I I think they're rocking. I I like most of their movies. Ant Man, 
movies, third Iron Man movie. Not the biggest fan of those, but I mean, movies like Winter Soldier, Thor Ragnarok, and First Iron Man, I consider to be a lot of fun. It's some of the most fun you can have at the movies because uh, a lot of the time, other movies just aren't really as you can get with Robert Downey Jr. Um, on screen as Iron Man. It's just a lot more fun than other things that are going on in the theater. Even though I don't think that they're necessarily a, a high art form, and I think that's kind of what Scorsese is kind of getting at with his comments, but I do think it's a very impressive achievement, and you don't see anybody else doing this really except Kevin Feige, who's able to craft this 23-film series um, and have the the like one of the last few make a, over two billion dollars and that this series it's the longest uh, they think it's i think it might be equal to the length of the bond series i'm not sure but even uh, over the span of 12 years they've made an impressive amount of movies that have for the most part been well received i mean with the exception of like for the dark for the dark world or iron man 3 who did that that did get some get some hate a lot of these have been pretty well received and i think that that's something that people forget is that these overall get good reviews and they're not some of the most highly rated movies ever but they get they get the numbers going good even with the critics so i do think that people need to keep that in mind who are kind of skeptical about the mcu that and some other extended universes that haven't been as successful like transformers or that tom cruise thing um but Anyway, let's talk about the DCEU, um, which is they're coming right after um, some of the hot model stuff. Um, one year after Avengers, we got Man of Steel, a movie that um, some people hate and some people love. Um, I personally think it's a pretty good to okay movie. Um, we, for me, the big, best part of the movie is, ha- is Hans Zimmer's score, which is absolutely a beautiful score, and can't talk about him enough on the podcast. Um, but um, <laughs> he really just blows me away a whole lot, and this is one of I think one of his best scores. It's very impressive, and I think that's reason enough to go check this movie out just to see how his music is applied to the movie is just really neat. I think there's some great moments in the movie um superman finally flying is i think a really good moment and that of course that's aided by zimmer's score it's just a really cool moment and um the action yeah it's really it's bland and um uh, i think that that's something that even the marvel movies struggle with at times but winter soldier and thor iron rock that we've gotten some really good action from the mcu movies and i honestly just don't think we have gotten any great action from any of the DCEU movies. Um, I, I ultimately think it's an okay movie. Patrick, you've seen Man of Steel. What would you think of what do you think of that movie? It's yeah, it's a fairly good Superman movie. Um I think people have a problem with DC taking um the tone from the recent comics and applying it to their movies instead of the tone from the classic movies because people that grew up with Christopher Reeves as Superman are expecting something that is not really in the comics anymore and they like DC doesn't want to put that in movies because that's not where the character is right now um, so I can see why a lot of Superman fans 
<laughs> that are mostly just fans of the old movies wouldn't like it. Um, and there are some other problems. Like it's, I mean, it's just not one of the best superhero movies. Um, but there are really good things to say about it. Russell Crowe is really great. Um, despite what people say, um, I like uh, Henry Cavill's take on Superman. I think he does a pretty good job with it. Amy Adams is not as bad as people say. Pretty much most issues that people have with this movie are a little overblown, in my opinion. Like, they're they're all present, but they're not quite as bad as people say. So it's it's definitely worth checking out if you like superhero movies. Yeah, and I think right after this, we got Batman versus Superman, which was the movie I think really got people kind of scratching their hair a little bit, kind of really trying to see where this universe was going, um, really came out of left field, I think, with throwing Batman in there. And I do remember the trailer coming out for that movie and looking pretty awesome. And then I think there was a second one that came out that didn't look as cool. But I think there were some people going in that really just want to see Batman and Superman punch each other, which who doesn't? Um, and we only get, like, there's not a lot of that. There's a lot, there's a lot of um, fumbling around, I think, in that movie. I think it's in really just pretty generic, pretty generic movie. Not as awful as I think people say. Ben Affleck, I, I hold up as being a pretty great Batman. I, I, I like him, his, his physique. I think he gives a good performance in that movie, even though his character isn't written that well. I think Ben Affleck does a really good job with it. I think it's a Justice League where I begin to start having some problems with that take on Batman, but um, Henry Cavill's Superman, you know, you brought him up, and um, I think Henry Cavill's a very talented actor. I think he's he's good at Superman, but I don't think that Superman is the beacon of hope in the DCEU that I think I'd like for him to be. Um, he's very, uh, very self-serious, very melodramatic, kind of how people talk about Batman a little bit, you know, and Snyder is very much, a, I think, a Nolan fanboy, saw the Dark Knight trilogy, loved it, and then tried to apply it to Superman and Man of Steel. And I think that that made film, but that he's keeping up that we have this grim character finding this grim character isn't as interesting when we see Batman and Superman find like the Frank Miller comic that uh, Dark Knight Returns, that it's it's a beacon of hope versus kind of this tread upon grim character who ultimately is seeking justice but just in a different way and um, it's really just two grim characters that I think the way they get each other to fight is really stupid the writing is mostly stupid there's some cool scenes some cool sequences Snyder's a very good he's very good at creating these great moments like the opening credits of um, the movie where we get Thomas and Martha Wayne's death I think that's a pretty cool looking sequence I don't think he's a great director, though. He's a big problem I have throughout the DCEU. His uh, tone stays throughout the entire series, and that's kind of frustrating because I don't think he's that great of a director. And, um, you know, people are all excited about the Snyder Cut and all that, and ultimately I have a problem getting excited for that just because it's Snyder at the helm, at the helm and I don't think he's a great director. And He had full control with Man of Steel, and... Um, he 
really, I, I, th- I don't think he made a very great impression in Man of Steel, even though I think, like I said, I think that's an, a pretty good to okay movie. I don't think he's one of the great parts of that movie, for sure. Um, but Batman Superman has sort of, I think, I could sort of be the best hand-to-hand Batman action scene we've ever gotten um, in a Batman movie, in the warehouse scene, which I think just kicks butt. It's awesome. Um, but not a lot of great things, pretty middle-of-the-road mediocre, but I think in this movie we see Gal Gadot for the first time, and I think she really makes an impression in that first movie. Yeah, there's about three or four really shining moments in Batman versus Superman, but other than that, it's there are lots of missteps, and it's just kind of a sour note in the whole series. I... I really enjoyed watching it in the theaters. It was a pretty good experience, but um, the second time I tried to get through it, I was just really um, discouraged by the runtime and how uh, deep it dives up its own butt with like the (laughs) philosophy and all of the, all the ideas that Snyder has that aren't really bad ideas. They're just not well executed. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just gets boring. So I didn't finish it that second time. I probably won't go back for a couple of years. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's not the best for sure. It was kind of the beginning of the end for <laughs> the DCEU. Yeah. And then after this, we have Suicide Squad, which I haven't seen. I believe Patrick, you've seen a little bit of this, but I mean, just looking from trailers and stuff, Snyder's vision of the DCEU is it's still that that blur palette that I I just not like because I don't think there are dark parts about the about DC comics they get pretty dark sometimes but it's not this constantly like almost black and gray and then these really toned down colors uh, the whole time in the comics it's not this the Superman comics he's a especially with Jim Lee, it's it's bright, colorful, uh, beautiful looking art, and th- that spraying this whole world, and it, it's just con grimness and all that. And I think that it's been the butt of a lot of jokes. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna defend that on that because he's really setting himself up to fail with the way he set this whole world to look at. Because I think that something that's great about the MCU is they have a their look is constantly changing, it seems, uh, with Winter Soldier, then Thor Ragnarok, just two very stark differences with, like, these really rainbow colors, and then pretty toned down, not not Snyder toned down, if you get my meaning. Um, and really, Snyder's mm-hmm. movies, from what I see, just always look like this. Like, with three and Watchmen, they, they have this very similar look. Can see that working with Watchmen? Because that is a very um, toned down but very dark comic, which I think is perfect for Snyder. But I'm not all of this, not all of the characters in DCU need to fit this template that he's put himself in. And the, um, and I haven't seen Suicide Squad. But yeah, for me, I really just look at it as a sign of Margaret Robbie popping up as Harley Quinn, shot body, people really love the character. Um, that ultimately continues with Birds of Prey and such. Um, and I think that crafted a uh, 
very iconic character um, for by now. Um, kind of out there with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool is just this this fun character people like to go see. So that's the biggest takeaway I got from this movie. But I mean, James Gunn's movie that has been called a sequel, but is like I think in like the seventies. It has nothing to do with um, this this movie at all. And uh, it's by the guy who made yeah. Fury, and um, which is this uh, David Ayer, who I think did a really good job of Fury. And Fury is a really underrated war movie, which I absolutely love. Um, but yeah, this was this is a pretty disappointing movie, I think, as far as what the what the critical mass says. I haven't seen it, and I honestly don't want to. Yeah, with Suicide Squad again, it's like DC has such great characters that they're employing in these movies that it's almost impossible for them to not have like a few bright spots like margot robbie's performance you know etc um but overall they're just really messy and suicide squad is one of the messiest especially on a technical level it's um there were lots of reshoots and it was no secret that there was a lot of trouble on the set Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not masked at all. It's all very obvious. So, yeah, this, you're just falling further down the pit. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to Suicide Squad. Um, Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey is a little bit more of a bright spot, but um, not much more. And I'm, I mean, I know we'll get to it, but it's, it's just a tad better. Yeah. Uh, we'll skip over Wonder Woman. We've got Justice League coming right off the very successful Wonder Woman, um, which really, I think, made an impact that we might be going somewhere. The Justice League said, no, we're not. And like you said earlier, Suicide Squad, <laughs> a lot of studio interference. Patrick, you haven't seen this one. I don't blame you. This is a really... Well, in some cases, I consider this to be one of the prime examples of just some of the worst superhero movies, one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. It's just a bunch of interference... Um, I think Joss Whedon um, coming in um, really feels like a childish move for Warner Brothers. Like something a child would think of, like, "Oh, we'll get the guy who made Avengers, and that'll make it all better." And that it uh, he really messes it up. You really see Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman painted in such a different way, where like her butt is much more in focus than it was ever in Wonder Woman, and I think that's so disappointing. Because Wonder Woman does not do that. And I think it's a really great um, thing about that movie. And movies like Catwoman and Elektra do do that type of thing. And Wonder Woman doesn't. And yeah, Whedon coming in is just... The, he's the exact opposite of Snyder. And I think it's just such... Why do people think that... Why did Border Brothers think that these two were going to work together very well? Because they don't. Their tones are very different. Um but yeah, that was the big disappointment. You haven't yeah. seen it, Patrick, and I'm not going to encourage you to see it. If you want to see it before Snyder Cut comes out, <laughs> be my guest. But yeah, that that one was pretty, uh, pretty rough. And I don't ever really want to go back to that one again unless we do like some sort of DCU retrospective or something like that. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. And it wasn't even because um, I had heard bad things about it. This series just hadn't gripped me, and I just, uh, I wasn't. There was nothing compelling me to spend my time on another one of these movies. Like, it just, it it seemed like a waste. Like, even if it was 
slightly better than some of the other ones, I knew it still wasn't going to be good. Yeah. So, it, it I, and I would have heard if it was like an amazing yeah. surprise. <laughs> and I think this is one of the ultimate signs of just how messy one of others' direction has been for this extended universe. Just like the Kevin Feige, for the most part, did a really good job figuring out the order of each of these movies. And I feel like there are some parts where you could kind of say things could be done, could be done, could have done. <laughs> Could have been done differently. Um, and it's, I think with the next Marvel movie, uh, Black Widow, that feels like a movie that should have come out years ago. Um, but anyway, I think that this the whole build-up to Justice League has been so much messier than um, what Feige did with Iron Man, than what Thor, than Captain America. It was a very gradual um, mm-hmm. build-up. And here we get... Like, none of these go together. Like, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and Suicide Squad, and then Wonder Woman. Like, that's just not... They don't flow at all. And so that that, that was pretty messy. Uh, a pretty messy build-up. And after uh, after Justice League, um, we got Aquaman. I think Jason Momoa certainly made an impression in Justice League, and it continued with Aquaman. Um, not a big fan of this movie. Uh, pretty pretty bland i think looks has visually cool moments um but it's kind of just middle of the run action movie if you ask me i i and chase memo is fine i think it's aquaman he's not i don't think he's the the chris hemsworth thor that everybody thinks he's where i really like chris hemsworth thor i'm not a big fan of him of momo he's a he's a he's a good actor i just don't think that he's he's the best that like people seem to think he is um the direction's pretty cool um for the most part there's some stuff that just feels really cgi overdone but um if you want to just i would say if you just want to waste a couple hours kill some time i mean this is this is fine it's fine entertainment but nothing more at all yeah, I second that. Momo himself is a, a good entertainer, but the movie's just kind of dude. <laughs> right. Yeah, perfect wording. I, that's exa- I, I second that for sure. Um, and then <laughs> 2019 um, really, I think, surprised people. I think really good year for DC. I think we agree they had Joker, which I've not seen, but obviously really well it's the highest grossing superhero movie um not the not the one that made the most money but the one that that made the most gross and i think that's would have been one of the bigger successes but um got walking phoenix showing up wins the oscar um nominated for best picture won for best score nominated for best director um really did well at the oscars um this part a lot of controversy at the beginning. It was one of the under a lot of criticism at first when that first trailer came out. People were really, mm. really giving Todd Phillips a hard time, and he fought back. Uh, you go on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. You can, <laughs> you can find what he said. But um, yeah, this did really well. Uh, the box office, the Oscars, the critical reception. I think is 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 kind of mixed now. I think that. People, some people really love Todd Phillips's vision. Some people don't, um, and, and caught pretty bland. I, I'm 
this was one that I had like just really wanted to see. Like I'd rather see through it than anything else. And it's kind of dropped there. Like it's not the big movie that I really that I really want to see now. There's other things. But um this one I still want to get to at some point. But um yeah, Patrick, you have seen Joker, I believe. And what do you make of this one? Yeah. Um well, I understand uh, the mixed reception from the critics. There's a lot of the movie that draws from Martin Scorsese. You you got the the comedian, or I don't remember what King that comedy. movie is called, but the one about the comedian. Yeah, King of Comedy. And then you've got Taxi Driver. And this is just kind of a middle road yeah. between the two. So a lot of the, a lot of it is not very original is what that all goes to say but Joaquin Phoenix does a very good job there's definitely there's clearly moments in the movie that have already become very Mm -hmm. iconic so it's succeeded in that way um I think ever since Heath Ledger well even before Heath Ledger like the Joker is just an iconic character and since Heath Ledger from you know the greatest among us to the smallest among us. Everyone knows about the Joker and everyone knows that it's a challenge to handle him correctly and that when it's handled correctly, it's going to be a big deal. And I think Joaquin Phoenix did a really interesting job with it. It's not my Joker. It's not the Joker that I really Is that love, Hamill for you? But it's a pretty... Oh, yeah, yeah. Hamill is the best. Um but there's some good moments. There's some really good moments. And there's some um, technical uh, decisions that were really, really special and that put it a cut above. Definitely for the DCEU, it's like way up there. Probably the best so far. Um, but yeah, I I struggle to say that it's like, a really fantastic movie. Definitely not to the degree that people say yeah. it is. And then the same year we had Shazam, which was a lot different from Joker um, in every possible way. Uh, <laughs> we uh, exactly yeah. Levi as our main character, Shazam. I saw this one in theater. It just had a fun time. Um, really, it's... Pr- well, Aquaman mm-hmm. and Shazam pretty are obviously taking from the MCU, which after... Justice League seems to be the main direction, aiming much more towards uh, MCU fun, happy comedy, and um, okay with it. I had a fun time. Uh, it's not um, this great gem, but um, it's rivaling for my top spot uh, for the DCEU. I, I have a really fun time watching this movie. I didn't ever like, I wouldn't ever like say, Oh, do you want to watch Shazam tonight? Um, but I would say, like, if it's on mm-hmm. and I have nothing else to do, I mean, I would turn that one on. It, it's a fun time. Um, the, the villain, I think, is one of the better ones in the recent comic book movies. Um, has menace, that uh, also has a bit of uh, some understandable motives, just kind of from uh, Dark Mirrors in Childhood, which always works for me. Um, and um, anyway, I think this is a, a fun movie. One of the, definitely one of the better DCEU ones. And this was, I don't think this was a big hit, but came 
people watched it. Yeah, I think Shazam kind of saw superhero movies going in a direction which they hadn't done in a a little bit, which is it's it is it definitely feels like more of a kids movie and that's not to its detriment at all. Like it it does a really good job of being super entertaining and accessible to all ages and that's something that like Marvel doesn't do as much although all ages show up like it's they're PG-13 movies, you know, the the content is um I mean it's not really bad but it, the story wise they're not really they're not holding back it's PG-13 and I think Shazam <laughs> did a little it's, bit it's and 13. it was really good Yeah but there's a, there's a huge difference between Civil War uh PG-13 and Shazam PG-13 and I think Civil War would be much more known for like that, brutality to one of the higher PG-13 extents and then Shazam kind of crude humor mostly as, you, as you, what I think on a PG-13 rating for it but there's a pretty pretty intense sequence that happens around the middle of that movie that um, I think also kind of got a PG-13 rating and I think there were some complaints that, oh it was too scary uh, I, but I think just honestly it's PG-13 you bring your three year olds <laughs> to go see this movie yeah, it felt very much like an like yes. an '80s kids movie, so kind of pushing the envelope, but super accessible and fun for all ages. And I'm gonna be honest; I think my one real complaint with the movie—well, it's not really a complaint—but my problem with the movie is that I saw it once in theaters, and I don't really remember a whole lot. Like, I remember <laughs> a car accident uh-huh. that was really good. I, you know, I remember uh, Zachary Levi being pretty funny. I don't remember anything that he said, though. Um, you know, I remember the weird hall with all the weapons and the gods and stuff. So, like, there's moments that were really memorable. But overall, like, honestly, like, you mentioned the villain. I don't really remember who the villain was, what he looked like, what his plan was. I do remember that it had something to do with, like, uh, Billy's childhood or something like that. Um so it, it's it just wasn't it didn't blow me away I guess. yeah I, but, I agree it's one you I see mean, maybe it just you, wasn't you have me. a fun time watching it and then it just kind of goes right out the end of the year you know um yeah but still i think it's yeah one of the reasons it's probably the best year for um dc is that they didn't really get a movie that they that anybody I really thought sucked <laughs> it's just pretty pretty good to great year for them so um and then we had uh, Birds of Prey, which, you know, I have not seen that movie. Um, but, uh, Patrick, you have. You've kind of spoken on it a little bit. Um, fun time? Yeah, it's it's got fun moments. It's It had some tone problems that I personally don't like. Like, it, um, I don't think it handled the the feminism themes very well which I'm not against feminism themes at all. So audience, please don't We're misunderstand talking about me. It was just here. that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here to support this movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And the difference is with Birds of Prey, they make an attempt to define feminism and like females um, expressing their freedom and their individuality in very like destructive and negative ways, which I just can't really yeah. approve of. Like, 
I mean, clearly, like, obviously Harley Quinn is that kind of character, and I and that can definitely be cathartic to watch and fun to watch, but it's not really something to be emulating, and they kind of, it seemed like they were trying to, like, say that it was, and I was just not agreeing with that. So that was kind of an issue, and some of the acting of the uh, supporting cast and some of the writing was... Um, just uh dc like classic dc bad um so Mm -hmm. it was a mixed bag but uh, you know i'm not gonna say i'm i'm upset that i watched it or that i wasted my yeah um i i definitely think just watching some of the trailers seeing a few clips like a lot of your points made sense to me i can see that being the tone movie and when you think about like harley quinn is not the most pro-feminine character like she's like is a right she and joker have this very destructive relationship that is very good at all it's pretty bad um she's not really the most great character i think that uh, very similar as deadpool that these characters are having impact and people are dressing up as them to go to comic-con that's all fine and dandy but like this isn't like, you don't wear a t-shirt that says life goals and then put Harley Quinn the Joker at the back of it. Like, that's just, it's not the message that <laughs> needs to be sent here. And uh, it seems like some people are kind of going that, in that direction. I think that that's not really Harley Quinn at all. And I don't think that she's been made that just really, like, really wholly good character because she's not. She's kind of a wreck sometimes i think that's what makes her an interesting character um but anyway that's dc movie that's come out uh, there's been a few animated ones but we're not gonna talk about those um anyway let's talk about <laughs> our main topic of discussion here we're here to talk about wonder woman and um i remember seeing this one in theaters when it came out um Loving the trailer when it was released, had that great Hans Zimmer theme that he set up in uh, Batman vs. Superman, and it continues with this movie, which is cool. Um, and then um, I remember really liking it. My grandmother and um, our grandmother loves this movie. We're going to go see it on Christmas Day with her, and um, <laughs> she's excited. And I think that's really cool that this se- this is a movie that seems to have reached young and old and i think that's a really cool thing to do and whether i think this is a good movie or a recommendable one um i'm gonna put that aside and say that i'm very happy that this movie has had the impact that it has had on um young women and all of that even though birds of prey from what you've told me patrick has not had that great of an impact is from your perspective i think this movie does a very good job um Simple at all in this movie, and no character really is, and I think it's a good thing um, that we're really gonna make some good points here. There's some, uh, I think, very um, great moments for females that have, especially the no man's land sequence. I think has gone up as being one of the most iconic scenes of the past decade, and I think that's a really cool thing that this movie had that impact. So I'm going to say thumbs up to. Warner Brothers and uh, Pat Jenkins for making a movie that had that impact because I think that's cool. Um, but uh, we're going to have to see if it's a good movie, though, and um, whether or not it deserves some of the really high recognition that it's gotten. 
because uh, some people really love this movie. I don't think I love it as quite as much as they do. We'll see if I even love it at all. But Patrick, what is your memory of uh, Wonder Woman? Um, yeah, I saw it in the theaters as well. I remember liking it. Uh, I think I've said in the past, I remember thinking of it as like a um, having a place among some of the lower mm-hmm. end of Marvel movies, like which I still love. Like, I definitely, I really like uh, the original Thor movie more than a lot of people. And I feel like it kind of sits, Wonder Woman sits somewhere between um, the original Thor movie and the original Captain America movie. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't take off. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely, well, I'll have some nitpicks throughout the movie. And it is kind of, there. it's a mixed bag for mm-hmm. sure. I don't think it's perfect. Um, we're gonna get into that. We start out with um, this the, the kind of the new DC sequence that really feels kind of like a ripoff uh, from Marvel from from Marvels. And um, I'm really I'm sitting here <laughs> about to rewatch this, um, thinking, oh, um, gonna start with a very uh, upbeat movie, much more than Batman vs Superman or Man of Steel. And I'm going and I'm excited. And then the first line is like, I used to believe in saving the world. Look, it looks beautiful on the outside. It is ugly on the inside. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Zack Snyder, back from the dead, still haunting me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just it, instantly, you, I remember, oh, this is a DC movie. I forgot. Um, but yeah, mm. it, it, you instantly kind of, and it's kind of in a really bad way, like, we, the way we start out, like, I'm not really enjoying what one woman is, or Diana, I guess I'll call her Diana, what she is saying in these opening sequences, because, and I get, and I understand the lesson that she learns in this movie. I think it's a, it's a very good one for where this character starts out, but the, the dialogue at the start, I'm not really loving, but. I'm still holding on. I'm still holding on. I'm, this is just completely changed. I feel like I'm still holding on, but this was kind of a really wonky foot to start on with these opening lines. And we get that picture um, from Bruce, from Bruce Wayne. And I wonder if like Ben Affleck was sitting there watching this and it's like, Hey, that's my character. Like coming off screen. Cause I don't think that's, that doesn't happen a whole lot. <laughs> of so I think it's a really interesting twist that we're like getting a note from Bruce and not just the way Enterprise is truck showing up. But anyway, this is a weird foot to start on, but um, I'm still holding on that there's are going to be good. There's going to be good things in this movie. Yeah. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like this whole first act is just really plagued by mm-hmm. poor dialogue, poorly paced, poorly thought out. It seems very, um, a lot of it's incredibly expository. A lot of it just is just awkward and just grating to hear. But I will say that visually, this movie is doing some good yes. things right from the beginning. Especially yeah. once we get to and when we get there, um, instantly we're we're out of the Snyder tone. Very colorful, very very uh beautiful looking i think this looks really good this is good stuff and we got a director here patty jenkins who 
on the surface, I don't think it's the fit for one woman who is who made a very another woman type <laughs> movie with a monster about the first woman serial killer. So um, I I'm definitely saying they're like that's the woman for Wonder Woman. <laughs> yes, hire her as our director, the, the the director of the serial killer woman movie. Let's get hire her. Um, but anyway, I think she. <laughs> I think she did a good job with the direction of this movie. It's better than anything with Elektra or Catwoman, which was just just god awful directing. And this is, I think, pretty good, pretty good stuff. And uh, I think that she definitely brings a fresh tone to this. From what has so far been a pretty dull universe, with these first couple of installments in the DC movie uh, universe, and this is, I believe, like what I'm seeing. Yeah, but some of this dialogue, it's awful. And I'm glad you brought it up because I has written down here like i had to jot this down and i was really taking notes watching this but when this happened i saw like this whole like first five minutes of this movie is like diana like, kind of running around we're still yeah. within the serious life and i'm like i'm really appreciating like we got these women here just kicking butt like these are kick butt women i think that's really cool and then like we get walking up and then there's this 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 amazon walks next to her and then <laughs> Robin Wright is like, how's she doing? It's like she's doing good. He's like, is she good? Keep her working. And like, we don't know who yeah. this chick is. Like, who Robin Wright is talking about? It's the most awkward <laughs> dialogue I have seen in such a long time. It's this awful. Like, yes. is sitting in the background, like making lunch, and she, she like perks up like a squirrel. Like, what did she just? Like it is really laughable dialogue, and unfortunately, <laughs> some of this is kind of groan-inducing. Though, like, well, I had a bit of fun. At... There's some pretty, pretty rough dialogue in this first first act, which first act for the most part. But it gets boiled down by this dialogue, which I'm not loving. Um, I do like this little girl who's playing as one one though. She is bringing a lot of energy, and I'm actually really excited that she's going to come back and because I really liked the tone that she brought to it. Um, really gets that energy, that, just that energetic feel. Uh, the, the perfect tone you want to have with these scenes at Themyscira. Very, very, just really perfect. Nothing's going wrong. And that makes the scene when the German, and even when Chris Pine comes, um, ruining the, the perfection of Themyscira. And I think that that's, the per- they set the perfect tone, and I'm I'm liking the like I said the direction Patty Jenkins as we're going across, um the landscape of the atmosphere. I'm really liking the dialogue, like you said, is pretty rough looking. Yeah, and so unnecessary. Like a lot of it, it really just feels like like I'm getting everything I need to know, all the information I want from the action that's happening on screen. I mean, that's just like a rule of film. You show, you don't tell. And with this first act, it's like they're showing everything, but they also feel yeah. the need to tell you on top of it with really, in a really awkward way. And like, I get that they need this little crash course on like Wonder Woman mythology for like the general like public. Um, but other than that, a lot of this stuff is just completely unnecessary. Like just really short lines sprinkled throughout in moments that just don't need it at all. I think it runs right up yeah, until it's the constant crash. and 
just read us. I'm just looking up laughing at that line. And then we get uh, Connie Nelson as one of them's mother, who is whose name is Hippolyta. Probably butchering that name, but look, I want to put the re- let the record show. I'm a big Greek mythology fan, and when she like saying what like uh, the origin of like uh, Themyscira is and all that, and how like. Zeus created life, and it was good. And I'm thinking, wait, this is Christian mythology. What is going on here? In the beginning, Zeus made it, and it was good. <laughs> and and it, I, I feel like this is much more uh, Christian mythology than really than it is Greek mythology. There's not a lot of Greek at all. It's like they make it seem like there's only two gods in all of Greek mythology, and there's not. There's like and. Really, there's like hundreds, and here there's just like two. Yeah, well, the assumption is that Ares killed all of them, which I mean, I have some problems with, but yeah, it's I had some problems story. with that too. Like, they're constantly referencing, like, in the name of the gods, and I feel like they're like, Padjink is just like scrolling through Greek mythology books and like seeing this line, and then she inserted it into the dialogue of the movie but then forgot that apparently all the gods are dead so there's like no gods to praise like I just don't understand <laughs> so, like you said some of the lines are just wonky and then like when um, <laughs> when like Connie Nelson is like tucking Diana in bed and like I want to hear a war story and it's like no that, that's what you were made out of clay, out of clay by me from Zeus <laughs> and it's just like, like oh let me be like, just like a few couple seconds, like remind you of how you were born. Just like not really great dialogue. I think Connie Nielsen is fine. I think she's a pretty bad mother. I don't know if many people agree with me on this point, but I she's a she does a lot of the stuff that I feel like my mom does to me sometimes. Like, oh, I'll let you go, but just so you know, I disagree, and so you're gonna go but have the guilt that I don't agree with what you're about to go do, which is something that happens to me quite a bit. And I feel like that's what a Hippolyta does a lot in in some of these scenes. But uh, I think Connie Nelson's given an okay performance. Robin Wright, I'm always happy when she shows up. Really like her from Forrest Gump and 2049. And um, I, I think that she's kind of a the happy spot to kind of Connie Nelson's kind of dour type of atmosphere. Um, so she brought some fun to it. I just felt kind of bad that mm-hmm. some of the lines that she, that these actors are having to say are, 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 are rough for sure. And um... yeah. And I think part of why they don't work is some of the accent work here mm-hmm. is really inconsistent. Like a lot of these characters are kind of like flowing from their, original British accents to like something that resembles Gal Gadot's Israeli accent and hers is the only one that's consistent because it's her actual voice like that's actually how she talks and everyone else is like trying to imitate that and kind of not doing a great job all the time so some of the lines just come out really weird like the first half will be British and then the ending will have like this little Israeli accent. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh wait, no, this is <laughs> wrong accent. This is a different movie. Like this isn't Shakespeare. This is Greek mythology. And so that <laughs> is a struggle for me to just the accents listen to. Consistent <laughs> uh, that much. And like some of the, you could tell some of these ladies who have got to us and stuff are kicking butt aren't really actresses. And you can kind of, you can see that in some of their performances. 
Um, but for the most part, I'm liking the scenes at the mm-hmm. Mascara. Um, even though I'm kind of wincing at some of the bad dialogue, I'm still kind of appreciating uh, the way this movie looks. It's just really refreshing after, you know, Man of Steel or uh, Batman versus Superman. And, and, like, not that I just watched this movie. It's just, like, really impressed. This is a DCU movie, and it looks good, you know? Just, it has that that impression. <laughs> and um, a lot, and, you know, there's, there's training sequences and stuff like that. Not a lot to really dissect here until, of course, Pine shows up. And uh, we kind of get our first battle sequence of the movie. And um, I, I'm really seeing a lot of slow motion here with how Patty Jenkins is directing this action. And it's not just in some of the later World War One scenes. It's here. Like, I'm jumping, and it's in slow motion. And then it's and then it resumes. And it's all, like, in one shot. No cuts, but slow motion. And it kind of resumes normal speed. And that I got tired of after a little while. Yeah. Um, and it, I really noticed it in the No Man's Land sequence where, like, we're jumping, and I have a sword, and then I'm going to slow down, you know? Uh, there's a lot of that, and um, <laughs> I, no, I don't really yeah. think Wonder Woman's a great movie for its action. There's some cool bits of action here that I like, um, some good-looking action. Um, I feel like some of the, some of the deaths are, are rather dumb. Like, I feel like Robin Wright could have died for a better reason, like, we, we see her like she's fighting and then we like cut to this guy about to attack one woman and she's just like wandering around on the beach just like not doing it like her she's got her sword and she's just like looking up like she's just like, like she doesn't know where she is and um uh, maybe Coconut, I don't know couldn't maybe look like she was fighting I don't know but like someone's about to get her from behind I don't know but I'm really, I'm liking it for the most part how some of this action's going. It's it's pretty generic. It's not very noticeable, notable, not not notable action. Um, it's a shame to see Robin Wright go, considering I think she's one of the brighter spots of the acting in this movie. Even though I do think we get some fun performances, but um, mm-hmm. it's kind of lackluster. I death scene. It's kind of cheesy. Like go get the go get up. And that's like the last line she says you know it's just it, it it's very generic yeah action movie type of death um uh, but it's what's going to set the plot in motion and even though i've kind of had a few things to nitpick here I'm, I'm going with uh the movie for the most part yeah i really enjoyed the scenario that they set up here like having just like German soldiers from World War One on the Mascara. beaches of Hippo or whatever this place is called, Themyscira. Yeah, having them like show up this early, um, and having this big of a mm-hmm. battle this early in the movie, I thought was really cool. Um, you know, th- there is some good action I feel in here. It is kind of generic, but honestly, I haven't seen one of these generic action movies. Um, not generic. Don't Bond you dare, That um, was not generic like action. I'll have you know. <laughs> Continue. All right, I'll get. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, I haven't seen a generic action scene. Action you scene bet in a while. you have. I have seen some really good action have. pretty recently. <laughs> and so I was. I was just going no. along with it. Um, it's not a super long scene either. And yeah, the. The timing of Robin Wright's death, the pacing around it is uh, mm-hmm. a little awkward, kind of like the dialogue. 
And I think the dialogue during her yeah. death is what really kills it for me. Like, I openly laughed when a random Amazonian woman runs up with like a slide <laughs> down on her knees yeah. and is like, no! That was great! And also, I think her name's like, yeah, and like, uh, Antiope, her name, it's, so, it's, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's so clunky. Like, it's such an awkward name. And like, Gal Gadot keeps repeating it like, Antiope, Antiope, and I'm just, like, every time she says it, it's just like, oh, like, I hate that name. Like, why is this even a word that's in this movie? Um, so that was kind of rough. But I I will say I love Chris Pine's Absolutely. character immediately. He does a really great job. And I think him and Gal Gadot work really well together from the first moments they're together. And I love the shot of him looking up mm-hmm. um through the water and she's like standing on the wreck like there's yeah really let's good talk about gal Gadot first because um i think her, her when her original casting was announced that she'd be playing one woman there was some uh i think some backlash at first and um i think once people saw her on screen um she instantly um settled in and people instantly i think liked her and realized that she was doing good and I don't think this is a perfect performance. Um, I think I, I love Gal Gadot in the um, fish out of water sequences or scenes in the movie. Um, really love her in those. Would mm-hmm. she has to really act surprised that um, uh, that uh, Sir Patrick dude is uh, is Aries like that? Those are the moments that don't work for me and. In Wonder Woman 1984, this is this is something that has me nervous because I really like her in the fish out of water sequences, and she is not going to be a fish out of water in Wonder Woman 1984. Chris Pine is, and so I'm really hoping that maybe either the, right. the direction by Jenkins has improved, or Gal Gadot's acting has improved a little bit, or maybe she because she's doing a lot of balancing in the movie between fish out of water and really dramatic. Oh no, the soldiers are going to die. You know, she's doing, having to do a lot of balancing with that. And I think yeah. some of the balls are falling. Um, but she's still keeping the fish out of water stuff going really well. And um, she, I think under Alexa Actress, this wouldn't be good. I think she's better than Halle Berry as Catwoman. <laughs> I think we can all agree as that at that point. But um, <laughs> yeah, I like her uh, in, these, in this first act. I like her in the second in the second act, and she does get some of the um. She really nails this fish out of water stuff, like when it's snowing, and she's like, "What is this?" Like she really, she does a really good job at that stuff. But when she's like having to, like she's having to cry in some of these scenes, or just show like despair, not really going with some of that stuff. But um, I think she overall, I think it's a it's a solid performance. She just falters at some points. But the fact that she's able to sell me that she is, oh, by the end, God-killing woman, I, I totally buy it. Yeah, I, th- I think she holds the movie together pretty well. Um, I, I agree with you that that final act has some kind of missed moments. And I think the writing, again, just kind of breaks down in that third act. Um, just like the first one, uh, but there, are, I think it's better than the first act. The first act is just a mess, 
but uh, <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know I don't really have many complaints uh, her character is not like Mm-hmm. the joker or like something super complicated like wonder woman is closer to superman as far as like a compl- a complex character yeah and then we have uh, pretty chris well. pine who you mentioned earlier and i think is a lot of fun in this movie he captain kirk but in world mm-hmm. war one and it works for me like i think he's a lot of fun um yeah. he nails i think some of the uh more serious parts of the movie but I'm laughing a lot at some of the some of the funny dialogue I think that he has that is funny, um, and uh, he really he's no um, Benjamin Bratt is what I will say he's no the uh, tech detective, uh, detective Wayne or whatever the heck that character was and not even gonna try and I think he's really <laughs> improving on a lot of yeah. Wonder Woman um of superhero movie tropes. Where we have um, the uh, male character be this really, really uh, kind of shrimpy character who's just, they're trying to make this female character feel so strong. So they're just going to make the male character so poorly made and such a, like a puny And they don't do that. I think Chris Pine is very capable in the movie. The character he plays as feels capable. Um, he's a, a mixed. I appreciated how on this being he's not a perfect character. He's made past mistakes. You can feel that in some of the scenes that he has this darker past, and he's trying to right some of those wrongs. And I think that's a really good, simple but good uh, motivation for him throughout the movie. It works for me. Um, so overall, I like Chris Pine. I think he's the best actor in this movie. Is what I'm going to say. Yeah, I think he does a great job. Um, uh, he definitely balances out some of the unrelatable aspects of Wonder Woman's character, just because she is like more in line with that Superman, like almost god tier uh, superhero. Which you know, yeah. I think that's part of why people don't really connect with Superman very much. Um, so that's good that he's there to balance that out and show like her human side and. I don't know. I think Gal Gadot is still very much yeah. the star, and I think he doesn't really steal too much of the spotlight, although he does kind of uh, linger in the limelight. Yeah, and I don't think um, he should so be doing any of the well spotlight stealing, because I think then there'd be backlash on the movie that he is doing too much, and he I think Chris Pine understands that, and I think Patty Jenkins understands that, and they've hit yeah. this perfect balance, I think, for both characters, where one woman's not this, like, really, like, well, like the, the no man plan sequence where like something no man could cross this flare, Diana. Like, thank the Lord, she didn't go, but a woman can. Like, I was really thinking that line was gonna come, and it didn't. And I'm really glad. I and mean, I think yeah. that it's the ultimate sign that I would hold up that Jenkins knows what she's dealing with, and that ultimately this isn't a really preachy movie, but it's able to make those really empowering moments, like it's trying to. And I think that that works really well for it. And um... yeah, I will say about that moment, she doesn't have a preachy line, but she that there is a spot where she has this very random line that's totally unnecessary. Like I was getting really hyped as she like takes the cloak off and she's like her hands are on the ladder, and then she like turns back to Chris Pine and she's like, like this is 
like five seconds after his line about no man can cross it and she's like you won't but I like I will do it like you you don't want to do this but I will do it and it just didn't make any sense like I was already with her going like she just needs to go at that moment it just took me right out of it I mean I was yeah I know what she talked I think uh um, it's a waste of time she was like Chris Pine was like um uh, this isn't what we're here to do. And Gaga turns, she like does this really weird move where she's like flipping her hair around right. and then she's got the headband on or whatever. And then she's like, no, but it's what I'm here to do. And then that's where she goes. And it is this really, very cheesy moment. And um, I do think it's not as bad as the, but a woman can type of line, but it's still, it's still kind of a, clunk. yeah. We've already brought it up. Some of the dialogue is yeah. a little messy, to say the least. Yeah, we have um, kind of another pretty pretty great moment. I think when Gal Gadot climbs up the uh, little tower, that's a overall pretty cool scene. And um, we and it's not like okay, I'm gonna bring up Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. the elephant in the room for sure. I think that has been mine for a little while now. And I'm finally going to bring her up because <laughs> Captain Marvel, um, the movie, I don't like it at all. Um, it's a really <laughs> rough one for me. And um, it's, I think it's one of the moments could have gone wrong is how I look at it. It's um, very cheap. Even the soundtrack is just like, just roll your eyes type of thing and I feel like people like I, I don't think it was one of the best well received mm-hmm. um MCU movies but I feel like people really hold it up at times. There's a little Twitter minority there that really hold it up as this really empowering movie and it's not because it's just it's too preachy and I'm all like you and I both made our cases. We're all for women empowerment on screen like one of the reasons I love the Kill Bill series is because of how kick butt Uma Thurman is in that whole series. And I think that's really great to have. And it's one of the yeah. reasons I appreciate 101 so much as a movie, whether it's a good movie or not. I appreciate it for that. Um, but Captain Marvel was so awful. And I think Brie Larson is even worse than Gal Gadot is as Wonder Woman. And Gal Gadot, yeah, and Gal Gadot is pretty good in this movie. She has some weak spots. Oh, for sure. But Brie Larson is just a wooden board the whole movie. And um, she's one of the biggest problems I have. And this is a big Disney problem in general. It's just how OP she is. Um, And I feel like that really feels like a Twitter thing to say. But it's true. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that when Brie Larson goes to fly up there to kick tail or whatever, that she's going to kick tail. That's just because she's been OP this whole movie and she's going to continue to be OP. Here, mm-hmm. you get the feeling that you, you really... There aren't a lot of stakes, I think, with what Wonder Woman can and cannot do. But you get that she doesn't always have full control, I think. She's still learning. And um, she kind of died not knowing all the lessons. Her, her teacher died without giving her all the lessons. And I and I'm really just getting tired of Connie Nelson saying there are things you don't know, yeah. Diana. Like that's a line that she says like five times in the first act. I get really tired of it. But 
you get the sense when she I real I think Gal Gadot is so great in the scenes where she's climbing <laughs> up the tower and she has this look of just pure happiness and that's something that Captain Marvel never had and it makes me smile right along along Gal Gadot when she's climbing up the tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Gal Gadot has life. Like you said, Brie Larson is a, a even though like, even though Wonder Woman figure. was made of uh, like she does not have clay like acting. That's what I'll say. There's my pun, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I'm not a fan of Brie Larson's performance. I think it is way more preachy and beyond just being preachy it's just corny like there's a difference between preaching a message in a way that is subtle and impactful and powerful and preaching a message in a way that is just obvious in your face and um repetitive yeah and that's exactly what, um, um and Captain Marvel after this, is. We, we kind of have Cody Nelson wishing and there is a little brief scene in between um, Diana Levy with uh, where uh, she pops up behind um, uh, she's in the 101 outfit and he's like oh nice and she's just like oh thank you and it's like she's not really like strutting around she's like really appreciative of this compliment and it was a just a small little detail that I really on and I really and I really liked it anyway uh, we have Diana leaving, and Cody uh, is kind of doing, I think, just like, I do like some of the lines here. Like, it, they are kind of cheesy, but with their meaning, I do kind of like, like, if you leave, you may never, <laughs> you may never be able to come back. And then Gaga, what's one be if I stay? Like, and I, I do... They are kind of clunky lines, but for their ultimate meaning, I do kind of appreciate it. I think this is ultimately a goodbye, but like, I mean, we're ready for her to go at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought of this, and I don't know if there's an easy explanation, but how does Diana age? Like, how does that work? Because it seems like from... 1918 to the 80s she doesn't really age at all but she was like a little kid and also if she was made of clay why didn't wouldn't she just be like an adult like wouldn't she just start do we not learn that fully grown and do we not learn that zeus who just weird got and that is like ultimately one woman's father yeah we did but yeah, but I thought that I thought that the clay story was still pretty true. It was just like Zeus's life in her. I don't like think Zeus really... brought her to life and his he made her a god or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm I wrong. Skip, I, Maybe I'll be I honest with you guys. I skipped paying over attention the to the minutia. Like, I was just I see this movie about half a dozen times, so I don't really need to. <laughs> I, I don't have to watch this whole third act, but I was like really we'll get there we'll get there but i think this it's really incoherent the wonder woman's origins i i i don't really fully understand it but anyway um we do 
yeah. I was we'll wondering, maybe if they had like, a DC I'll bring expert up on, it. You know, <laughs> I have a let me know from the comics. Yeah, maybe I'll ask her. Um, anyway. <laughs> Dude, oh, you know yeah, everyone, yeah. man. It's you know Sam Mendes, you know Patty Jenkins. Spectre episode. Oh, we had, we had a little... We had a little rough, little rough moment there, but um, oh, we'll probably no. do. I'll... Oh, he was like, "What did he, he say about wink. the final act?" I'm not sure what it meant, but he's like, maybe he was really sending mixed uh, signals. We'll have to do some sort of 1970 so I can praise that movie and be he and I can be friends again. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> we have the there's the two that <laughs> at the boat, and I'm, it's a lot of fish out of water stuff. I'm liking the. The comedy movie, I think it's just a pretty funny movie. Like, I do laugh at some of the fish out of water stuff. I like it more than Thor, uh, which isn't the, one of my least favorite ones, but it's not my favorite. Um, just kind of middle of the road Marvel for me, and there's a lot of those. Um, but I, I enjoy it. So that it, it's kind of cheesy, um, a little cringe. Maybe that's just my age, but I thought this was kind of cringe, just like with the 12 volumes of human pleasure or whatever that was a that really felt like a like a something that Pat Jenkins hadn't even wrote it was like a joke killer he wrote that you know but um I think some of this is this is some of this is fun dialogue and look you said Gal Gadot and Chris Pine really doing well together great chemistry um they're really bouncing off each other really well and I think that's really one of the what's important about the scenes you could see that these two were going hand in hand really well like yeah, I agree. Like the character moments work, but I wasn't really laughing a whole lot. But I I do remember in the theaters, like all those moments you're talking about, like the whole audience was giggling, like ev- everyone was enjoying it. So I think I think <laughs> um, this movie as a blockbuster works really well. Because <laughs> seeing it in theaters with other people, it's like oh, ha, 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 you know, like the jokes work better in that yeah. context, you know. Like within a big crowd, like you laugh at different things than when you're just sitting at home. Like, so I wasn't really laughing, but I was thinking back to that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that I was agree. That an audience that was funny does have that impact, and that is there. why theaters need to stay at open. They need to stay open to get that experience. Dang it, HBO! <laughs> Come on. I was trying to anyway. bring a subliminal um, message. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the old. <laughs> the ultimate meaning of the scene, the two bounce off each other. Well, this isn't one of the scenes I think is the most funny, but I think it's where a lot of um, a lot of comedy is being thrown out, and um, it's I, it's it's fun stuff, but it it's not my favorite bits of the movie. But we do get um, we're our introduction to London, um, and I really really love Gal Gadot's, uh first comment on uh london it, it, it's hideous like i think that that's a, such a great line i think and definitely was in the trailer <laughs> and um we're, we're right back to the sort of the snyder cut type of not that much color as generic i think as snyder does it but we're i was really really loving the the colors at the mascara and now we're kind of back this draft stuff it isn't snyder but it is still kind of drubby it, 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 it i think it looks good for the most part it's not as poor to look at but like i think i mean wonder woman's suit looks really bright and the mascara and it feels like man of steel's uh suit where the, mm-hmm. the colors are toned down 
um, in those scenes, they feel toned down when it pops up. So yeah, that was kind of something that was, I think, a little unfortunate. But um, I, for that one line that Gal Gadot has, I think it's it's pretty great. And then Chris Pine's like, yeah, it's not for everybody. So, like I said, I'm liking some of the some of the comedy here. And then we get um, uh, Chris Pine's assistant, which I think is um brings a lot of fun to it as well. But what do you think of our introduction to this? Uh, World War One, London. Yeah, I think it's pretty well um, contrasted with the mascara. Like, obviously, right. Um, it was a pretty dark time historically for London and the surrounding areas. So it makes sense to kind of mirror that in the color palette, especially since, like, I mean, if you look at nineteen seventeen, like. It's just as dark. I don't think it goes into Zack Snyder territory. Like you said, it, uh, it stays within the realm of just reality. Um, it's not really a style choice. It's more of just that's how it was. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. As far as I know, I wasn't there. But, yeah, I really like the assistant. I think she's really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of a, a dumb Brit, which is nice to see. Used to the Sherlock's where all the Brits are geniuses, but no, there's there's people my in England apologies too. to our know, listeners over believe. there in England. They're everywhere. Um, my apologies. Wow, this that took a turn. Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I do like the assistant. There's some fun bits of comedy here. A lot of um fish out of water stuff, which I think um if it wasn't working, we'd really be given this movie a hard time but i think it's working pretty well so um when like one woman's trying on the dresses and all of that not really liking it yeah um i mean it's 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 pretty basic comedy but it's fun i'm liking it and then we get that little action scene in the alley which i think is uh looks pretty good um wasn't as memorable as i kind of remember it being but still uh, a, a pretty fun bit of action and you talked about the uh, pacing of the Themyscira final ba- battle. And I think that that was a pretty overall uh, perfect timing for us to get one because it's going to be, we're going to have a little bit of a lull um, after that bit of action. And this is kind of a little refresher with the alleyway fight. But um, there are some, it takes a little while for us to get back into the action. And you can kind of feel the 21st century action really trying to keep you invested with little bits of action you, you kind of feel that there but um I, I don't really have a problem with it because I don't, I don't think this action looks particularly bad mm-hmm. it's not great yeah. action but I'm having a fun time in some of these London scenes and then we'll she'll go to the uh I don't know what I'm supposed to call these guys I guess the British generals but um we'll get to them in a second but what do you think of the one on the alley action scene and then the I guess the fish out of water stuff that we're getting here Yeah, it serves a couple purposes, so it's definitely moving the story along, and uh, you know, it's funny to see the the dude's re- reactions to her stepping up, and you know, like she blocks the bullet, and the guy's looking at his gun, like, did my gun not work? Like, what's happening? So it, it was pretty cool to see their misbelief and or disbelief, and uh, it felt kind of like a like an old Batman movie or something like Batman 1989 with these, you know, these kind of goony uh, uh, 
goofy, like low level villains being just kind of kicked yeah. around for a little bit. So that was fun. Popcorn munching excitement. But uh I'm I'm glad yeah, you and those roles I, I don't think I really get definitely start to bold hit in between the bits of action. But I, I, I think the um you could see kind of like the storyboards here, like oh throw in action scene, we gotta have that to keep everything flowing. You could really feel you could feel kind of the straining of being an, an entertaining action movie when I think maybe Pat Jenkins is wanting to tell a little bit more, I think, a little bit more fem- feminine themes and all that. But um, anyway, we do have the sea with the British generals, which I'm not the biggest fan of. This was kind of, I think, the most um, uh, clunky part of kind of the 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 most preachy part of the movie, and I I did like some of it, like what um, Gal Gadot pointing out, um, just met old men sitting behind desks, tell, sending off young boys tonight. That was a line that I liked quite a bit. Um, but a lot of this, like, oh, it's a woman, it's a woman in our office. What is she doing here? Like that was just kind of like I really I I I really it felt really uh. <laughs> uh really basic to me like oh yeah we're really like in your face type of thing but yeah yeah they might as well have been like a boys restroom like so no like, girls go out here. <laughs> you know, it just didn't really work with me <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i definitely see how they're like they have to bring in sir patrick and they have to have the themes of like you know, men being flawed and it not being just as a result of Ares and his influence. Um, And that all kind of like, it comes back around later, but I think the way it comes Mm -hmm. back around isn't super satisfying. Like you said, it's kind of a mess later on. So it doesn't really work here either. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's still some good comedy, I think. I'm really, at this point, I'm really just kind of like, okay, I want to yeah. meet the new characters and I want to get to the front. Like, <laughs> I feel I feel their yeah. desire to get to the front. Like, I, I feel Wonder yeah. Woman wanting to get to the front because I'm like, yes, me too. I want to see you kick some butt just like you want to kick some butt. So, yeah, I guess it works on that with level. But, rewatchability you know, it could be a little short. I'm ready to get there because I know this is the big moment of the movie and... Like when we're meeting yeah. Charlie and the, and the Indian guy and all that, like there's some, yeah, yeah, there's some cool moments there Shout that I appreciate, Spud. like the the chief telling them, like one woman, oh, his kind is uh, who killed my family and my people, and that was a, it's a moment I like, but we never yeah. ever go back to it. Like we never get that feeling, like. It's not just Chris Pine's made mistakes, it's the British government. Yeah. And we have, like, and there, it's two different types of scenes, I think. The one with the British generals and the one where we see that they, they're destructive just as much as the Germans are. Uh, I, that never comes back. And I wish it did because I think this is a very interesting thing to talk about in this movie where this is the first, these are the people that um, Diana is getting introduced to. Um, but, um, we do get uh, our introduction to all these characters, and none of them are really memorable. Like, I, I really found them kind of boring. Like, Charlie especially, like, when <laughs> he's singing later, like, I didn't really care 
for that moment at all. Like, oh, he hasn't seen, haven't heard him sing in years. <laughs> like, I just, I just didn't care. And, and then, then we're like, do we need Charlie? And then, and then Diana's like, <laughs> I thought it was. Is this the end of the Movie Maniacs podcast? This isn't as funny as I thought it was. <laughs> he can't get a breath. Wait, what? He's like... <laughs> oh, she's like, but who will sing for us, <laughs> But Patrick, what do you think of the new character? <laughs> I yeah. can't talk right now. Oh my god. <laughs> I have a I like the new characters, but <laughs> I have a real huge problem with their hats. I really hate their hats. I hate their hats so much. Like the characters are fine, but the Scottish guy has a Scottish hat. The Turkish guy has a Turkish hat. <laughs> and the Indian has or I'm sorry, the Native American has a cowboy hat and it's just kind of like okay, <laughs> why are they wearing these hats like no one else no one else no one else in the it's movie is show wearing the diversity, like, different hats that like differentiate it's, themselves it's by really race. hidden and... in-depth writing going on here don't you see the 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 you have to look for these clues it, it's not like <laughs> I'm trying to look past them. I'm trying to look past the hats. I'm trying to see the characters. This is like Mark Zuckerberg and like friends. Like, do you happen to know if your classmate is dating somebody? And he's like, no, people don't walk around with stickers that say the. And I feel like Mark Zuckerberg might have watched this movie. Like, in like the. He's like, oh, someone for the future. And he went back and watched this movie. He's like, and he's like, wait. <laughs> it's like people don't walk around with stickers that say In his time like, machine. Oh, oh my gosh. It's, that's in the Facebook 2.0 or whatever it is. Yeah, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Instagram. Is, like the, um, that like Charlie's wearing like a, a Scottish skirt really was. Nobody's wearing that thing out to battle and he is like that was kind of took me out of it a little bit. I don't care for many of these new characters. I think the actor guy whose name I, I don't remember. He was probably the most yeah. interesting out of the three, I think. Even though we had that one scene with the chief, he's not really um, that memorable for the most part. But we're dwelling on him a lot, which was kind of kind of annoying. Like he's like this big saint in Nomad's Land, and I didn't really, I didn't really track with that. But when the actor's like, uh, it's a pretty, it's mm-hmm. it's messy dialogue. But when he's like, um, he wants to be an actor, but he can't because of his race. Like that was a that was a good moment, I think, and. I think every guy has a good moment here, except for Charlie. <laughs> He's just such a... Such... No, I, I'll fight for Charlie. I thought the depiction of his PTSD was pretty good. Like, definitely, like, all the other characters, their themes aren't really fully fleshed out, but they're kind of just there so that Chris Pine can say that... Lo- or maybe it wasn't Chris Pine. Maybe it was the actor guy. But, like, so that they can say 
that line about like everyone is fighting their own battles like it's not just you diana which i think is good because she is kind of like like yeah. at that point her mindset is like i just need to kill aries and then everything will be over and they're kind of hinting that that's not the case even though like for all we know it is true at this point like for all we know she's gonna yeah. kill aries and that's how the movie's gonna end like that seems like a superhero ending so i definitely like that they're sprinkling these more realistic themes but like you said, they're not really. Yeah, and out, so um, I do want to admit. Let's like, talk about our impactful. villains for a second. We've got the um, we've got Ludendorff here, and then we've got, I guess, Doctor Poison. Doctor, you very Bond villain. Yeah, just after coming off Spectre, I was like, I thought we were the Bond villainess. Like Doctor Poison is like, that's the sequel to Doctor Though. Doctor Do and then Doctor Poison. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one and a half movie of the James Bond series. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Poison, she has that neat moment at the party that I thought was a pretty cool bit, and I think Chris Pine sells it, and this actress does mm-hmm. it as well. Um, but she's this, like, she and this uh, Ludendorff guy, I don't like Ludendorff. Like, he's really generic, and he's kind of meant to be but it still comes off as a flaw for me. Yeah. And like when they have that scene where they're like, oh my gosh, when they're gassing the mm. some of the generals who are talking about peace talks, and he throws he throws the gas in there and he throws <laughs> the gas mask. Oh no. It's like, it's like little children. Like I could see my two little brothers doing this, like pranking mom or dad or something, and then they're walking off <laughs> and like the little ones like but the gas mask will help them. And like, well, they don't know that. <laughs> We're so evil. <laughs> Look how evil we are. It was such a... It was so... Oh, it was just... Wait, you too... didn't like that part? Like, it was a snickering that really... Like, but they don't know that. <laughs> like, that whole moment, I didn't even... What is this? Dude, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was such, like, a Saturday cereal, like... Like Doctor Doom versus the Fantastic Four, and he's like, "Whoa!" It isn't like, by know, design, I've though. And, that in, like, a and I, I, movie so and far. I think it's funny. Like I, I was cracking up. Like this is so stupid. But I think it not, is. I think it if is. we're looking at it from like, is this movie succeeding? Like that was a moment I think on the surface doesn't yeah. work at all. Oh, uh, okay. Teach his own. I like I like the over the top villains. I think I mean I honestly I don't like them really except for that moment yeah. where they go over the top cuz in a lot of it they're trying too hard to be serious and like come on, Dr. Poison. I know, like, I that, like that, it I, when I, I, I like when they, but when they're when like they're doing that, but it's inconsistent so when it pops up I see it more as a flaw. And when they're all serious, that's when they're boring. Like their best moment is when that's they're true. throwing in the gas mask and when it's all <laughs> like that's when I that's when yeah. I like them. But yeah, it's just a bunch of boring stuff. Like, oh, I made you this this beer makes you strong. Oh, I'm gonna crush a gun. It's just so, and it's not that impressive at all. Like he's not menacing. <laughs> and I feel like Danny Houston is trying really hard to be menacing and not really working. So I don't. I think it's the constant threat of Ares that is kind of really has the menace here, 
but these guys, they're, they're really, they're laughable sometimes. They're just too, too up their own butt, um, to put it in uh, great words. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we get that no man's yeah, for sure. We get that no man's land. We get <laughs> One that of the no best phrases land, which we've been wanting. And we finally got it. And we do have <laughs> that kind of wonky scene or that bit of dialogue with um, between Diana and, uh, and Steve. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's the first, the first, yeah, that's the first time I've said his name. And <laughs> There you go. Steve's the pronunciation of Steve. Anyway, um, <laughs> Steve, <laughs> not oh, Steve in the plane with the gas. Kind of, we've had this build up, like, oh, the horses! I can help them. Oh, the children! I can help them. Um, and it, it's been a gradual build up. So when it pops, I'm kind of ready for it too. Like. Yeah, I think we needed quite the build up that we're getting here, but when we have it, I mean, just her walking across no man's land, I think it's a pretty great. It's the, I think it's the great. It's the most memorable for sure. It's what I remember from the movie. I think it looks good, especially just like the first time a bullet's fired her and she just blocks it. She's still in awe of her being able to block the bullet. Like I think that itself is a really good touch for Diana's character. And when we get to like all the bell tower stuff, like I'm not w- loving that. There's some when the when the when that starts playing, like I do yeah. like I do like that. But like the bell tower, all of that, like that was kind of pretty obvious mm-hmm. setup. Um, but when she's marching across No Man's Land, it's a pretty powerful moment, and it's it's definitely women go kick butt thing. I I liked it. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think the way like all the soldiers rally around her makes her that symbol of hope that you were talking about. That like Superman mm-hmm. kind of isn't in the DC, and movie. even in Justice League, like, uh, she feels more like a Superman. She kind of like, is in that. She scene. is talking to children, and Superman does in that movie, and it's so stupid. <laughs> There's another really stupid. He's like he's talking about the symbol. He's like it winds like a river. <laughs> Someone told me once, hope. It's like your car keys. Sometimes you lose them. <laughs> that is the thing. That's, I'm not what? joking. That is the thing. Henry Cavill is like, someone told me hope is like your car keys. Sometimes you lose them. Sometimes you have them. <laughs> it's the first scene of the movie. I am telling you. I don't believe you. You have to believe me. It is the truth. No, because it's such a weeded scene. If it's in the Snyder Cut, cut out I'll be very Whedon surprised. Scenes. Oh, I will say I'm sending you that clip right out of this podcast. You are going to believe me, Patrick. <laughs> we'll have to record your reaction. I'm gonna lose it if this is true. Anyway, Just like some car keys. Um Yeah, I, I think we both agree. No man's land sequence. I think the hype <laughs> over the scene throughout the movie. Uh, pays off really well. The and when we're fighting in the town, it's not as interesting. A lot of a lot of a uh, slow mo, like I was talking about. Um, but 
overall not the most effective in there as much as it is great in the yeah. um, whole No Man's Land sequence. But um, but we're going to continue on and then we're going to take a quick break. We're back. We've returned after cooling down. Certainly had a few laughs <laughs> at the end there. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, while we were taking a break, I finally showed Patrick um, the hope is like your car keys. Um, Patrick, you did not believe me. And I told you that you would, that you would believe me. And I was incredulous. I finally... Yep. What did you think of it? <laughs> Hi, Art. such a bad movie don't watch justice league mason and just watch the snyder cut nobody even has a good humor about it he's got a he's got a good sense of humor about the whole situation he's thinking they're just gonna be looking at my mustache (laughs) he's like there's a point where he like looks off and he's like what what are my lines (laughs) (laughs) let me just improvise for a bit about car keys and rivers (laughs) that was improvised like we did like at the end like you know that wasn't actually planned but yeah Capital was talking a little bit about that and and this is brilliant (laughs) so we we thought we were going to put that in anyway um let's go back to Wonder Woman topic of discussion um after this, we kind of have our own little celebration here. We get the picture that Diana is given to Adam in the opening scene. And um, she and Steve finally uh, make out. I think we all knew it was coming. <laughs> I think I surprised anybody that this is going to come. Um, um, I think that this manages to be a good romance without um, feeling like Chris Pine is just worshiping at the feet of uh, of Wonder Woman like it did in Catwoman. It feels mm-hmm. like they both have something to gain from their relationship, just as total, two totally different worlds. Um, it's not, it, it's pretty what's going to happen, right? I mean, it, it's Hollywood, it's action, blockbuster. It, it was bound to happen at some point, and I. But I think it works really well. Like I said, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, great chemistry. So I think this ultimately works really well. We get that line I was talking about, like Pachati, who was sing for us, and all of that. So yeah, whatever. But yeah, I think this works really well. And then Gal Gadot's reaction to Snow, I liked as well. Yeah, I like all that stuff. <laughs> Tasteful scene. I'm glad they didn't get into any Watchmen territory. Yeah, that would really off color. Yeah, that'd have been a little much. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll agree with you on that point. But we do have part of this, and um, Lupin or Sir Pat uh, disapproves. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I this whole party scene ultimately I consider to be the worst scene of the movie. It does have that bit with um, Doctor Poisoning. And um, Steve, um, that I do, I do like that little bit. There. <laughs> I do like that little bit there. Um, but all that the stuff with like um, with Diana and um, Ludendorff, I, I think it's pretty bad. Like, like you know, like 
the Greek gods. <laughs> just <laughs> mythology blabber that was just so obviously like the red herring of the movie is that yeah. he is um Aries. And I want to give a little mention to Hollywood that like we know by this point that the person that we most suspect is not the person who is the person we suspect him of being. <laughs> that was a little bit much, but you get my point. Like this is, it, I think it's pretty clear that this is, I, I at least I didn't see this being anything that we would take seriously. That, And, and it feels like Diana thinking this is um, Aries really came out of the, out of left field. Like I thought this was, that we came through pretty early in the movie, but like it comes at like midway. It's like, oh, of course, it's so obvious. It's Ludendorff is Aries. Aries is Ludendorff. Oh, oh. you know, it's it, yeah. it, it ultimately just didn't work for me. And this party scene didn't really. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the um, whole gas. I have some problems with that too. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the problems with this party scene is it takes way too long for us to get to it. Like, I feel that it doesn't really make sense a whole lot that Chris Pine won't let uh, Gal Gadot go into the party at this no, point. Doesn't. Like, he's he's seen what she can do. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And it just is an excuse for them to kind of draw out her, like, going to get the dress and him going in first. And it just, you know, and then her entrance isn't really that great. Like, yeah, she looks good in the dress. Like, Wow, like he he let yeah. his whole line of questioning with uh, um, what's her face, the poisonous witch, Doctor uh, Poison. Yeah, he let that all go down the drain. Like it, clearly, he's not a very great spy. Uh, yeah, that was such such awful spy work. Like, oh, a beautiful woman. Oh, I'm gonna completely blow my cover. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not great. Yeah, just. Just some some missteps here for sure, and not just on the dance floor. <laughs> gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. finger guns. Yeah, and I also think it's really like, why would you let this woman who clearly has a sword like strapped to her back? Like, I just this it's so. In the open, like why did nobody see it? Like the sword is right there. I know, and like Ludendorff puts his hand back and like feels the sword. Yeah. Like the that's when I go get this chick out of here. Like what is she doing? Like yeah, ultimately I think there's a lot of like uh, even like just continuity problems, and then ultimately just aren't very effective. But something I think is going to be even worse is the town gassing scene uh, where we learned that everything Diana just saved instantly goes away. And I feel like mm-hmm. I understand what Jenkins is going for here. That something and instantly it, it, it could just be taken away like that. But yeah. for me, there's something that is that scene of her going off into no man's land because it doesn't matter because it's just they're gonna get gas later, and when they're, we're celebrating, it feels hollow because they're gonna get gas later. And I really yeah. feeling this is more of a PG scene than it is a PG thirteen because, 
like there's no signs of death like there's like knocked over fruit cartons and stuff fruit baskets and stuff like that like and yeah. we're ultimately seeing on Gal Gadot's face as she's watching on this and I don't th- I think this is the 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 weakness in her acting here is when she's having to convey all this sorrow to us it's just not working because I feel like we need to be seeing this um this this destruction not just with Gal Gadot's face so yeah this um felt hollow for me and is one of the weaker points in the movie for me just really felt flat yeah my problem with this scene like I agree with all those points but in addition Chris Pine just, like, runs up to the gas and then, like, gets as close as he can and then just, like, starts coughing and gagging. Yeah. And he's like, Diana! He should be dead. walking out. Like, yeah, either he should be dead or he should have just waited outside the gas. Like, he shouldn't have gotten close to it at all. It's just, I don't know. It makes the gas just seem like some some fumes from, like, a, an exhaust or something. Like, just, there's no impact. No, and I, this is one that you could, as bad as you can tell they're going for impact, they're trying really hard, and it's not yeah. working at all. So, yeah, this one really fell flat, and it, it's a big problem. And after this, um, I'm really kind of losing interest with this third act. And mm-hmm. we have this action scene with Ludendorff, which I think is it's pretty good. He clearly doesn't pose much of a threat to her and these pills are just a way for him to have some sort of some sort of way to rival her just it's uh, a writer's crunch for him to be able to fight Um, and he goes down and then we're like oh it's it's not um, it's not him and it's pretty clear and Chris Pine walks up and says, you gotta go help us fight. And um, she's like, no. And I'm just kind of like, why not? Because it's clear this hasn't worked. So why will mm-hmm. she not go? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why? Is she in shock? She doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like she's in shock when um, when David Thewlis shows up and reveals himself to be Aries. That's when you get the shock. I, I really don't understand why she's not going to help him. And it kind of makes me turn a little cold. Because Chris Pine is really selling me here that he wants her to go help. And he's given a really good monologue, I think. Mm-hmm. But Gal Gadot is just not selling this for me at all in this this bit here. Um, What did you think of this bit? Yeah, um, I kind of agree with you. I feel like... It's a it's a weird moment. I I mean, she gives some kind of explanation for why she doesn't want to help. Like she's lost faith in man because she thought that it was like all on Aries, and it was like only his influence that was causing them to fight each other. So I kind of get that momentarily, but I feel like she should have been able to like it should have clicked with her what Chris Pine has been trying to tell her and like, oh yeah, he was right. Let me go help him save all those people that I was trying to save earlier. Like at the end of the day, it was man that was that like gassed that town. And it was them who was like, you know, throwing everyone out on the street and enslaving people. So she, I think she could have gotten in line with that quicker. And 
Also, as far as, like, the reveal about Ares goes, it kind of, like, destroys the... Not completely, but it definitely dampens the whole point about, like, you know, like, Ares is not the one that's influencing man. Like, man is doing this on his own. Like, to then actually have Ares really be behind the scenes, like, working on stuff. Like, he claims that he doesn't influence the people to kill each other which he was in the last of truth so it's got to be true but i think like in other words it could be said that he basically does like he was giving them ideas for weapons and he was helping them kill each other at a faster rate Mm -hmm. but anyway my main point is that i feel like for first watch the reveal about Ares is pretty good but as far as rewatchability goes it would have been better if they had just had Diana go along with Chris Pine at that point and not have Ares be in it at all. Like, not actually have Ares show up. Yeah, I 100% like, fully support that because ultimately, when David Thulos pops up, it's like, oh, I'm Ares. Like, that really had no, no impact. And even on first viewing in theaters, I remember not really thinking much of that. Like, not really much of a surprise. It's just kind of like, oh, that's Ares. Of course, the only other adult guy we know besides Chris Pine. (laughs) It's just kind of like, it's a really, like, close-knit thing. Like, oh, the other guy I know. It's like, does she even have to have come into contact with this person if it is Ares? Like, why does it have to be the only people that we know to be Ares? Like, could he be just in the shadows? Like, why does he have to be the person right next to us? Um, and also right. his whole point on, um, like, oh, I didn't influence them. You know, it feels like we're really trying to keep the strong point of Chris Pine's speech with a lot of mm-hmm. like, oh, but I, I do it. I just told them this, you know, and it really feels like sloppy writing. And um, I think the um offer that Ares makes to Diana is really like she's of course she's not gonna take that and it all oh we gotta get this out of the way because of course the villain always is gonna say oh join me and you know it just yeah, it yeah. feels like we've got to together have we want to rule the galaxy yeah except that was better Patrick see that's the key there that was better <laughs> anyway <laughs> then we get our action and it's it's just so bland. Like, yeah, pretty poor CGI, I think, with Dave, with um, Ares. And I never buy that David Thewlis is Ares. Like, he is not Ares type at all. And when we're having the he's flashback cool. to him, like, in a cave and his muscles and all that, like, no way did I yeah. buy that. Like, that is not David Thewlis' body. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think David Doolis hit the gym a little bit. <laughs> well, even if he does, I still don't buy it. Like, oh, even... I'm about to Google David Doolis beach bod. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, this this action is, I think, really poor, and it's the ultimate trope that superhero movies get made fun of with their third act. It's just CGI galore, um, and this is. I think pretty poor action. I'm I like Chris Pine when he's going off giving her the watch and then shoots the plane full of explosives. I, I feel like there might have been a 
different way to do it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think that Chris Pine does that scene really well. And that's what works in this third act ultimately is Chris Pine. He's what's working. Bugado, all that love crap, you know, just didn't really go with it. Yeah, it was all right. It was pretty quick. It was just like, I don't believe in what you're saying. I believe in love. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but I think I think it really falls flat because then, like, the way Diana wins is literally just she realizes she's more powerful than him. And then she wins. Like, there's no, there's no kind of, like, overcoming insurmountable odds. It's just like, oh, I didn't realize it, but this whole time I was more powerful than you. And I'm going to prove it. By killing you right now with, like, no effort at all. It does fall into that Captain Marvel trap a little bit, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't feel this is what Jenkins' ultimate plan was. I feel like there was something else here that we're missing. A a better third act. I I feel like it's somewhere. I feel like there's a script out there that had a different third act that was better. Um, so this is one of the sour points I remember going back to one one was this third act. It's just a movie that I think has been cons- for the most part consistently pretty good. But after the when we after mm-hmm. from the party sling the party scene and board, it's just a lot of me not really caring. And after this, but I think we both agree we have another boring um, final action scene. Um, we have kind of, I guess, the aftermath with, um, we see, I guess, Diana's some sort of architect, which is how it, uh, Justice League, and um, not, much, not much to point out, it seems like she's, she disappears rather quickly, um, we get the, kind of her looking at the billboard, uh, kind of honoring Steve, and um, then we have our general and it's kind of the end. There's a little after- scene hinting to Justice League with three boxes and all that. Pretty boring stuff, but uh, yeah, that that's basically the end. And um, yeah, I think we can agree this ended on a weak note, but we'll have to see where our where our recommends end. So, Patrick, did Wonder Woman? compel you to tell the truth <laughs> and why um if that means that i like it then yes i did like it uh do i recommend it yes um it's probably probably one of the better dc movies um and it's definitely more in the dc eu than the joker is i'm not really sure if the joker is even in the dc eu not totally confident on that yeah, I think they might try and bring him in, but I doubt it'll work. But uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I'm hoping that the new one is a little better, and just I hope it's just a little more um, like consistent in its quality because it was really just the ending falling so flat on Wonder Woman 2017 that uh, is kind of disappointing. It's definitely mm-hmm. the most disappointing thing about it. But, yeah, I mean, go see it for all the reasons I've mentioned. Yeah, I'm going to give this a solid recommend. Well, not um, an amazing movie. Has great moments. 
but not amazing. Um, some problems, I think, with our leading actress, even though I do think overall she is good. She does kind of fall flat when I think it's most important sometimes, um, with especially with that third act. And then um, there's just some problems, I think, with the writing. Third act is pretty bad. It's, it's not good. Um, and I think we seen better ones in MCU and the MCU I just seen we've seen better and they do sometimes come off as generic but this one you really felt it um there's some problems for sure but for what this ultimately is about with strong female representation I think it does an excellent job good humor fun characters great performance by Chris Pine there's a lot to like here it's better than minus Man of Steel or um that versus Superman, in my book at least. It's it's one of my favorites for sure. It is kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy tier for me, which I don't really love. I don't <laughs> love those movies. I just, I know most people love Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not the biggest fan, but middle of the run MCU, if we're going to put it in there, middle of the run MCU, which is still pretty good. So I am hoping for this sequel to be better. I have heard it is. Looking at the ratings right now on Letterboxd, which, um, you know, aren't always reliable at the start. They normally drop down sometimes, but we're at a 3.6 right now, which is better than the first one, which was at a 3.5. So I'm sure it will probably drop down to being the same as One Woman, but I'm going in pretty positive. I've heard good things. Um, I am definitely excited going into One Woman 1984. Um, I am kind of concerned about Gal Gadot, and um, some inconsistency, I think, with her powers, where it looks like she's going to be doing a lot of crazy things in this movie that she couldn't do in Justice League. And so I'm not really sure about that. Um, but I'm going in optimistic for sure. Um, what about you, Patrick? Yeah, I'm just hoping for another entertaining film, really. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how most people are going to it as well, just for a fun time when Tinted or Unhinged or Cup of Tea. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm From what has been going on with our current taste in movies, it seems that uh, Wonder Woman is their bread and butter right now. So I guess that's what um, I guess that's what we've come to at this point. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, anyway, um I suppose that that wraps up our one moment conversation. I'll be excited to talk about um, to talk about that on our probably on the weekend. We'll do a little weekend of release, let you know whether you should see it or not. I'm hoping that it'll be a thumbs up, but um, we will just have to see. Um, I don't think our five movies that we want to see have changed. If there is something, Patrick, do free to shout it out now. Um, not really. <laughs> yeah, I did cross yeah. off um, the uh, standoff at Sparrow's Creek, so I am going to be throwing in a new one there. I am going to throw in Panic Room by David Fincher with Jodie Foster still going through that Fincher filmography. So that's what's next for me as far as uh, going through his movies. So um, I'm going to check that one out. I've not, I haven't heard the best things, but I'm still going in. Uh, just so I can get that 100% on Letterboxd next to David <laughs> Fincher. So, so anyway, um, 
Patrick. Uh, I don't know what we've got coming up next besides Wonder Woman 1984. We'll just have to see. Might be Queen's Gambit. Might be something else. We'll just have to see. So, um, in the meantime, you can go listen to some of the episodes. Um, Patrick is hiding in the mascara. Um, (laughs) uh, He is just off the grid. He is hidden. I've got my invisible jet. Yeah, all, yeah, he stole. That's up. why Wonder Woman doesn't have one in this movie, guys, because Patrick stole it. <laughs> he stole that jet. Yeah. I stole um, it from Patty Jenkins. Well, you gave me the key to her garage. If you weren't so tight with Patty and Mendez, maybe I wouldn't have. We're not supposed to. to we're not supposed to talk about that. All right, he's lying, <laughs> Patty. Just so you know, um, those keys are still in the drawer. Don't worry about it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't think people understand how closely we are. Uh, connected to all the top heads in Hollywood, we have esoteric knowledge of the industry that we're gonna let you in on, but only in only in bits that you can understand as more bits and pieces. Patrick and I live uh, just in a an, on a higher platform than you guys do, even though you may not realize it. We are living the life. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's living lots the of movie podcasts. But there's only one Movie Maniacs podcast, okay? Yeah. And it's because we got the connections. <laughs> and don't ask us how we got them. Yeah, don't ask. We, we don't just, ask yeah. You can't handle the secrets. No, no, you can't. Our listeners can't. Um, but um, maybe we'll, we'll drop some snippets in there. I'll throw a little example. I'm going to have coffee with Kevin Feige right after this. So um, good to let him oh, know what the heck was guy. going on. Why do you still I hang know. out with him? I I'm just gonna. <laughs> I just want to see what was up with that Black Widow release date. Anyway, <laughs> um, you can find <laughs> me at my blog, nonukemhub.blogspot.com, and on Letterboxd. Uh, no Nukem is my handle. Um, go listen to other episodes. Leave us a five star view at Apple Podcasts, and let us know what you think of the show. MovieManiacs2020 at gmail.com. And um, I guess you can expect a Wonder Woman 1984 episode coming out. Um, next week, if we don't have another episode in, in between, happy holidays. Um, hope you guys are having fun, uh, even in a quarantine or COVID type of Christmas. Um, still hoping that you guys are having fun. So, anyway, Merry Christmas. And I guess that wraps up this episode. Patrick, thank you for joining me. And mm-hmm. we will either be back with Foreman in 1984 or something else. We'll just have to figure out where. We're a wild card, in case you guys haven't noticed. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoyed this. So, that is when I cue the ending. Mm-hmm.